재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵. This is Koreascape, and Mark Wilson is in the studio. He is our artistic wanderings contributor. He's been discovering all kinds of gems of performing art, visual art. dancing and motion art and uh, he's basically got the entire scene sussed in terms of artistic experiences that you can have and lately he's been contemplating a film festival that he's going to tell us about hey mark good morning kurt it's a lovely artistic day today with the one by one and what yeah. a great conversation that was i yeah. loved meeting sungju and i am definitely going to the subway uh fashion show i think yeah. that is going to draw a lot of buzz it's going to be very cool yeah definitely So, um, I guess uh, we're talking about film fest. This is the season of film festivals. Biff isn't too far away. Busan International Film Festival. I think, uh, you know, you talked about Jeonju a while right, back. Right, Jeonju a couple of weeks ago, Jeonju Film Festival. And this week, today, we're going to talk about another upcoming film festival that'll have a quite different feel, but no less interesting. And it is the Korea International Expat Film Festival, or the KIXFF for short. (laughs) This festival will be on the weekend of September 29th and the 30th, that's the end of this month, Mm -hmm. at the EMU, Emu Art Space in Gwanghamun. Have you ever attended a KIX event before? Is that like an organization, KIX? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the Korea International Expat. They've done... uh, The one that I've gone to is actually the KIX 48. Mm. This is really cool, where they... um, 48 hours to make something? That's absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah, it's like on, on the strike of midnight, the topic... Or the, the, the subject is posted on the website yeah. and the filmmakers awesome. have to uh, quickly create a video within 48 hours to air it. I'd like to do that later. next year. Yeah. I think uh, I'd like to make a film for that next year. I've been to the, uh, the local release of some of the – some of my friends actually did uh, yeah. one of those quick overnight movies. And it, it sounds fascinating. unbelievably intense for them. But um, – It, you know, it was fun to watch. And, and they make hear. good stuff. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's the thing about uh, Kicks FF in general is the, that's what they really want to showcase, especially with these indie filmmakers. Now, is the 48-hour film part of the International Expat Film Festival you're talking about today? No. So this is a completely different entity. Okay. Uh, it actually happened. This will be the third edition. But in 2017, they took a break. And uh, now they're restarting it again. And this will be the 2018 uh, edition. Mm -hmm. And I had the chance to sit down with the actual festival director, Kevin Lambert. Now, a little bit of background about Kevin. He came to Korea for a bit and left and traveled traveled and taught English around the world and finally came back to stay in 2009. And like many of us, he started to teach English. But that's also when he did his own filmmaking at that time. Mm -hmm. And in 2010, he and a team of filmmakers, that's when they put together the first uh, 48-hour film project event kind of thing. And then in this next clip, we'll hear about how Kevin went from filmmaker to film festival creator, why he did it, and also how the Kix FF differs from some of the other Korean film festivals we may have heard of. Let's hear from Kevin. Uh, my name's uh, Kevin Lambert, and I am the festival director for Korea International Expat Film Festival. Part of the reason for starting Kicks FF is because I wanted to see what is it that film festivals are thinking and doing, and why are they doing what they're doing. Uh, and I also realized that part of it is, you know, niche. 
that uh, ours is a niche that doesn't really fit in. It doesn't fit into Korean festivals because they have a particular type of film they want to show. Let's say Busan International Film Festival, their focus is going to be one on much bigger films, but also smaller films within the ASEAN region. Uh, a film like Jeonju Film Festival, they're also going to have bigger films than we're normally able to make, but their focus is either going to be on Korean or you know, more artsy European films. It's still going to be hard to get in there too. Short film fi- filmmakers um, have been able to crack that egg, I think. So I think now, as the foreign filmmakers are able to get a leg up here, such as um, especially filmmakers that went on to study or get their masters in film here, that's a great opportunity to make that leap. But I think for a lot of your amateur filmmakers who are already working full-time, you're not really going to have the resources to have a whole community of those filmmakers around you. Because, a lot of the, again, a lot of those filmmakers are already going to be Korean. So having a network of sort of Korean producers and uh, university professors to sort of back your film makes it really hard. So um, what a lot of these filmmakers just need is a small film festival that promotes independent, more or less underground films with, you know, some rough edges, but also with, you know, uh, you know diamonds in the rough. Yeah, and so that's what we do. We're focused on small, gritty, low-budget films where we see talent, even if the money's not there, even if there's a few scratches in the record, ultimately the, the track holds up. So that's what we're looking at. Small, gritty, low-budget. Sounds like the place for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. I think it's um it's it, it ha- kind of harkens back to the team crazy multiply. We've done several segments with with artistic wanderings how they just want to show the art for art's sake. And and Kevin also mentioned in the interview that we haven't heard that a lot of the a lot of the films that they're showing sometimes they'll submit to other festivals and they they just won't get in. They mm-hmm. won't be able to uh, just make it. So yeah. this is really a chance for them to to just show it. You know, these film festivals, the larger ones can be so intimidating. Um, costly. Costly. And uh, they've. They, it, it, it's so hard to penetrate. And so you need these little sort of niche film festivals. I Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but also at the same time, this is this is a pretty big one. I, you know, it's not. Is it, it's, has it gotten to be big? Yeah. Yeah. This is this will be taking up the entire emu art space. We'll talk about that just a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I think it's really important to note that Kevin made sure to for everyone to understand even with the term expat, you know, it, it, when when some people hear that, let's say when they hear that, they're just like, oh, not for me or, or you know, it sounds a bit pretentious. But this is more about the concept of expatriatism. Sure. And by definition, that's someone who lives outside their native country because this festival, this is open to native Koreans. It also features native Koreans as creators who have who have been expats in other countries as well. So this is not just like, this is not just like, this is for foreigners, Wagukins only, like, you know. There is an expat culture, isn't there? Sometimes an expat who lives in Korea might have more in common with, say, an expat from their country that lives in France or Mm -hmm. something than they have with Americans back home, speaking of American expat, or any, you could apply that to any nation because, you know, there is a certain set of adaptive behaviors and mindsets that expats take on and that puts them in a common space that maybe they've, 
they don't share anymore with the people they left behind. And so many of the Korean artists that I've featured on Artistic Wanderings, they fill in, they, they fall in that category as well because they went, they studied abroad for three, four years, mm-hmm. but they lived abroad for how many years? Then they came back to Korea. So, I mean, this is, this is not just... A bunch of Weigooks living in Korea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, w- can you preview a little bit about what we can see here? Right. So once again, it is the last weekend of September, September 29th and the 30th. Screening will go on from morning into the night, featuring around 50 films, mixture of feature films, music videos, short films. It'll be uh, spread across two separate cinemas in the Emu art space. It's going to be really awesome. There's going to be food on the rooftop. Live jams, going to be super fun. Now, Saturday is going to be really cool because on Saturday the 29th, the Kicks FF actually partners up with another group called Rock This Town Retrofest run by Tiger of the Korean rockabilly band Street Guns. What? Yeah, so this is going to be, it's really cool, like 1950s, 1960s style genre. Sure. And in this next clip, we're actually going to hear the Street Guns sing their song, Naran Yaja, which roughly translates to you mm. in case uh, to the woman or lover of the video. We got that. Let's play it. <laughs> I like that. That sounds That's fun, good. right? You yeah. hear that with those? Uh, it's got. You got to see the music video. They're all done up. They've got the. They got uh, the know, pompadours yeah, they and got all the, that stuff. The leather jackets. Yeah, oh, it's um, this night at the sock hop, right? That's right. And uh, Kevin even encourages people to come and dress up as well, because uh, there's going to be. Uh, Vintage clothing that's being sold. There's going to be rockabilly performances, uh, awesome, delicious food, I'm sure, and and even even a pop up uh, barbershop. Cool. So you can go ahead and get your hair, get cut your done. hair greased down, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Rockabilly kind of it kind of ebbs and flows a little bit, right? Uh, it comes in and then it goes away for a bit, and uh, now it now would be a good time for it to sort of uh, make a comeback. I yeah, think. that's right. And swing dancing is becoming very popular. And there will be swing dancing there as well. Bigger all the time. Uh, there as well. Yeah. So definitely, if you're a swing dancer or interested, go check it out. Come to the films. Stay for the rockabilly. That's right. So that'll be on... Saturday and Sunday will be more of the, you know, the Kicks FF event itself. Okay. Followed by the award ceremony as well. So, yeah. All right. So, um, usually film festivals have an overall theme or at least some, some kind of categories that the films fall into. Uh, is, is this similar in that regard? Again, it is the expat film festival. So it's the biggest theme is it expat expatriatism or uh so it's displacement in a way right that's right so it's or the theme of that it's broken into two parts there's the expat category there's no budget limit as long as the as it fits the theme of expatriatism or what we just talked about or if it's made by a migrant or an expat so it doesn't need to have that theme if it is made by a migrant or an expatriate then that falls in the expat category the second the second one, which is very interesting, is the no-budget category. Uh, for first-time features, this will be a budget limit of around $25,000 U.S. dollars. Uh, whoa, 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 stop. A budget of $25,000 U.S. dollars? Now, here's the thing. I, I was also like, well, wait a minute. That's, that's a not, budget, man. Yeah, that's, that's not no budget. budget. Right. 
but still in comparison to Biff yeah, or yeah. Chunju, sure. that is like pocket change, that right? Sofa, think about sofa coins. That exactly right. I mean, Kevin talked about okay, yes, it's still a budget uh, for feature films, twenty five thousand U.S. dollars. <laughs> Short films, fifteen thousand dollars. But in the grand scheme of things. Compared to full-length feature films, that's that's still quite low. When you started your sentence, I thought you were going to say twenty-five dollars. Oh yeah, <laughs> that I mean, be, good luck with that, man. That's your project. <laughs> that would be yeah. a genuine no yeah. budget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, cool. So, I mean, uh, low budget, w- w- gritty, and uh, seat of the pants productions. Right. And in this next clip, Kevin talks about the intricate process of selecting these films and how the Kicks FF. Also gives feedback to the filmmakers, which is quite unique. Okay. Uh, we have a team of about thirty to forty movie watchers. Uh, that when we open the submissions in January, we'll be watching films from January all the way through June. Is this kind of like you guys get together, you watch it together? Or? We do it all online, so pretty much people can be wherever they are. They can watch it at home. And uh, we do all the online reviews, and then we just uh, do our best to catalog the reviews in a way that we feel is valid and reliable. You know, as teachers, I think that's always a big thing when it comes to testing, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Validity and re- reliability. Sure, sure, sure. So we approach that with our judging as well. So by the time a film gets selected, we think we've given every film an honest chance at getting in. And we, and another important thing is we also give feedback to all the filmmakers, which not a, a lot of us do. That was one of my big questions is I submit to a film festival and these submissions aren't cheap. Why don't I even hear back? Yeah. Uh, and so I think it's important that um, film festivals do communicate with their filmmakers and make filmmakers a part of the process. So yeah, that's and that's how we get our films. And from that, we end up selecting around 50 uh, that, that actually get into the final festival. Yeah. And yeah, and so that's what we're screening now. Such an interesting point he made about uh, why don't we hear back? Right. You know, it doesn't, it's not hard to say no gracefully. It reminds me of um, going in for a job interview. Yeah. Right. And you, you don't get hired, but you would always love to hear yeah. like, why, why wasn't I accepted? Weeds, right. Or, or, or going into university, right? Why, why weren't, why wasn't I ex- accepted? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I think this is really a great service that yeah. Kevin and Kicks FF does for the filmmakers. How Absolutely. nice would that be if there was a little feedback from the judges who said, nice effort, but work on this particular thing? Yeah, I or- mean, honest, constructive criticism, mm. I think uh, I think that is very healthy, and I think it's very important. Maybe right. throw in a few tickets to the, the festival, that kind of thing. Say no gracefully and maybe throw in a little... Uh, a little treat or freebie that's absolutely and your name is on the radar as well so absolutely okay so any ones that we should uh highlight in specific so it's it's very interesting if you actually go to kicksff.com you can check out a lot of the trailers of the the movies that'll be featured genres are all over the place documentary even some action films uh some films are about korean subjects produced by expats one such film is Sede by filmmaker Daniel Smakala. Mm. Now, uh, Sede focuses on the generation gap in Korea from over 30 different interviews of Koreans, young and old. And in this next clip, I had a chance to sit down with Daniel, and he talks about the process of making it and a bit more about the film itself. Let's hear from Daniel. Hi, my name is Daniel Smakala, and I'm the director of the film Sede. Uh, I've lived here 
going on like nine years, I believe now. So it's been quite a while. Six of those nine years were working on this documentary. It was kind of my passion project. So a couple years filming and then two years editing. But I finally wrapped it up uh, November of last year. The word Sede, it's Korean word. It means generation or generations. And it's essentially about the generation gap here in South Korea. Like I said, I moved here years ago and I was working just at a kindergarten. And a lot of other foreigners, you know, they would spend their holidays traveling to Southeast Asia or Japan or something. But I spent mine here in Korea. And I just for fun, I traveled the Korean countryside a lot. And at the time, I lived in Bundong. So it's this new city, really modern. Everything's high tech, fantastic. But traveling to the countryside, I realized it's quite different than Seoul. Um, the rural places and the urban area were very different. The old and young, it seemed like two different countries and cultures completely. So, yeah, I want to examine that with my film. <laughs> So with the topics, I kind of broke it up into some different themes. It would deal with economics, um, political, urban and rural, the modern and traditional. It's not a clear-cut narrative like another documentary where it has like a clear story arc. It's like a mosaic on Korea. That's the best way I can describe it. Basically, I just want individual stories. Um, my youngest interviewee was nine, and the oldest, 99. So the goal was to show everyone talking about like their kind of life growing up and their perspectives and even within those groups like you know you think old people conservative young people liberal i made sure to mix it up so i had like some older liberals younger conservatives older like i said older people who work for some big tech some younger farmers just to try to paint as wide of a brush of korea as i can not to have that typical korea is k-pop is kimchi like those cliche things that we always get. We've got plenty of those videos anyways. Yeah, yeah, there's plenty of those. How cool is that, Mark? To, yeah. To hear the voices. That little uh, older, I presume, Halmoni, so right? So cute, right? So, yeah, much, so, sweet. so much in the voice. You know, yeah. it's so rich. The translation is of what she said. There's nothing that hasn't changed. I myself have changed. Even all the roads in this country have changed. Sure. And Interestingly and fittingly, the background music of the clip trailer that we just heard of is called Everything Has Changed. And this is really cool. It's an original soundtrack for the documentary by Nicholas Thompson. So, is he also an expat or? Uh, I, I, you know, I don't know. I'm not okay, sure. I'm not sure. Possibly. But anyway, composed with the documentary in mind. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was made just for that, that documentary. So this is the kind of stuff that that you will see at this festival. Yeah. Um, I think... So these are yeah. serious films. He said uh, something to the effect of, I've been, you know, I've been working on this for nine years or something. Six years. Six, six years. years. He's been here for not, nine years. Yeah, been working shot on for, for six three years. years and I edited yeah. for two years. This is some serious stuff. Documentaries this is not... are true passion projects, yeah. aren't they? Um, so this is not just, you know, the dude uh, whipping out his mobile phone in... Uh, I get, maybe some of them are. You know, here's the thing is... Uh, here in Korea, you and I have been here for a while, and mm -hmm. we, we, we have many also expatriate friends as well. And what you hear in the media or, or the news is a lot of like how, uh, 
I guess expatriates are kind of depicted sometimes, many times in ignorant, like they're they're seen as maybe ignorant or like, or like they defaulted into this life, right? Kind of exactly. And you hear a lot of the negative press about it. Well, if if a Korean or somebody is curious about, well, what about expatriates who come here, live here, respect the country, uh, appreciate? this country and are showing how they can learn about it and what they've learned. This is the kind of stuff they need to go to. And this is why I encourage Koreans to go to this festival. This is not just for foreigners. Go here, check it out, see what it's like from from an expatriate looking from the outside in. It'll give you a different aspect and view of your own country. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely multiple angles. If you are an expat, the sale is a slam dunk for you because it's all about basically you and your your experiences and as you said sort of the um the ethos the spiritual kind of side of being an expatriate a displaced person you know on a different planet in a different culture yeah. but um you know the koreans that live nestled like a you know sort of a bug in a <laughs> a, a, a rug mm-hmm. and are perfectly high context all the time, comfortable, everything is uh, exactly the way they expect it, it's a good way to displace themselves and just to see uh, through the eyes of expats what yeah. their own society is like. That's right. And it a- at the same time, the subjects will range, uh, the, the emotions will range with each piece. But again, it's, it's a fun event. If you just want to have Fun time. Even check out what like 1950s, 60s uh, Americana, vintage Americana was like. Yeah. It, you know, just come check out this festival. Absolutely. Oh, and the Rockabilly Band really yeah. drives at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would like to see you as one of the presenters in this expat film festival next year. Why don't oh, you? yeah. Well, uh, well if, <laughs> if Kevin is listening, we'll see. Kevin, yeah. uh, take Mark's uh, submission and... Well, uh, uh, Kevin, I'm not submitting. This is Kurt doing this for me. Okay? <laughs> I'm Mark's agent. Negotiate directly with me, and I'll make sure that Mark uh, gets a creative inspiration. Oh, my goodness. pretty good with a mobile phone and a gimbal. Hey, we've got, um, as we wrap this thing up, we're going to hear a piece of music. Uh, I think it's from the Sede it uh, is. documentary. Very cool, right? It's, yeah. um, it's, this is, all, is this also by Nicholas Thompson? Yes, and it is. the title is called Work and Play. A lot of that going on across the generations. I'll uh, go ahead and fade that up now. We'll listen to a selection of that. Mark, appreciate you coming in. I'll see you again soon. Thanks a lot, Kurt. <laughs> 